tonight, President Trump stepping up his attacks on mail-in voting. With the post office in crisis, the president calling universal mail-in ballots very dangerous. Democrats called back to Washington to stop what they call an assault on an American institution. The president's postal chief set to testify at an emergency hearing. And on the front lines, what mail carriers are saying. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. The United States Postal Service, by far the public's favorite agency in the federal government, is under attack just weeks before the 2020 general election. Because of COVID-19, the Postal Service is expected to handle an unprecedented number of mail-in ballots, and this at a time when the new Postmaster General is laying out a broad restructuring plan that includes cutting overtime that some say is designed to cripple the institution. It's all put the U.S. Postal Service in the middle of a firestorm. To talk about all of this is the president of the Northeastern New York Branch 358 of the National Association of Letter Carriers, Bill Cook. Bill, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Good afternoon, Darcy, and thank you for having me on. And I should also point out, Bill's also the director of legislation for the New York State Association of Letter Carriers. So, Bill, you represent how many unionized letter carriers? In the uh, state of New York, we represent about 25,000. Okay. And so letter carriers have been essential workers throughout this pandemic. How have they fared during this health crisis? Like, have you had members testing positive? We uh, have had members tested positive. Unfortunately, we've lost about 22 members nationwide to the coronavirus. The real impact for us at work is there's 20, 30 percent of us off at, uh, at any given time because we're quarantined or, you know, we're, we've tested positive for the coronavirus. And so now with, you know, in the middle of this pandemic and, and other things happening, you've got a new postmaster general, uh, Louis DeJoy. What can you talk about what he's proposed as far as changes to the Postal Service and what have those changes resulted in? In upstate New York, postal clerk Lori Cash rises just past midnight each morning to open the Depew Post Office. Cash, a local postal union president, says the early hours don't bother her. What does are the dramatic changes she's seen recently in the way mail is delivered. Our cardinal rule is to not delay the mail. So to have someone come in and all of a sudden tell us we're not going to deliver all the mail every day is a complete change in the culture that we were taught from day one. Yes, immediately upon taking office, he has instituted a sharp reduction in overtime in all crafts. So you can imagine if your workplace has 30% absenteeism just due to the coronavirus, not, you know, counting other people maybe on vacation, there's only one way to replace them, you know, and that's through the use of overtime because you can't at the snap of your fingers, just hire people. So what that means is the people who are at work, who had been working 12 to 14 hours a day, he's now trying to clamp down on that and not uh, um, allowing the, those same people to work more than eight hours a day or 10 hours a day. And at some point in time, when you get to the point of uh, delivering the mail or driving the mail uh, in bulk quantities between one uh, station uh, uh, and a processing plant, Human beings matter mm -hmm. and their time matters. So it, it is slowing the, uh, the delivery of mail down. 
uh, from what America is used to. Some people are suggesting that that's deliberate. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Well, it's actually it is a deliberate move on his part. And he uh, says it's to reduce cost. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the old saying goes, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today, because it's not like the mail goes away. At some point in time, you've got to deliver it. Mm-hmm. And and it, when the mail starts getting delayed in, in transportation or in processing or in delivery, it's still there. And you're going to have to pay the price tomorrow and the next day and the next day to get caught up just because you, you know, as a, a postmaster general don't want to use overtime. Well, fine. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen because you, you're just not. We don't have enough people working mm-hmm. and they're not hiring enough uh, people to work. So. I think every employer would like to reduce overtime if at all possible, but you've also got to deliver your services and your commitment and promise to America to deliver mail. Mm-hmm. So now the Postmaster General is set to testify before Congress next week, and there are lawsuits trying to prevent some of his restructuring. What should we expect, do you think, from this hearing, or what would you like to see come out of it? Right now, uh, these developments are... Uh, are new on the legislative and, and legal front. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that up front so that there is no um, national message from the National Union on our response to these lawsuits. Um, we obviously do not want the mail slow down and we, we do not want to have um, equipment unnecessarily removed from the processing plants. Uh, we uh, appreciate the, the support that we see um, that's going on in expressions from uh, around the nation in federal lawsuits. Uh, we understand them, um, but I think that's as far as I can go with that without having um, a national approved uh, message. No, sure. And then, you know, I guess if nothing else, it'll give the public a chance to see what will no doubt turn into a grilling and uh, some explanation on the part of the Postmaster General to explain some of these changes. And probably, you know, people will realize some of the other services I would imagine that the, the Postal Service offers. You know, there's so many things that are going on. You've been reading about you know, people relying on the Postal Service for their medications. You've got the census going on. And now we're going into the elections. You know, sometimes I think it's an agency we all take for granted. We don't hear about it so much. Right. And now you guys are front and center all over the place in the headlines. So it'll be good, I think, just to see that open discussion. Something else that comes to mind with other industries like the airlines and hotel industries, the Postal Service has taken a financial hit because of COVID, right? Yes. Yes, we have. We've, we've had additional expenses. And, you know, frankly, a lot of the overtime that's being spent is, you know, is COVID related because um, people are absent from the workplace. There, we have had to purchase uh, personal protective equipment. We had to re- restructure our physical workplace, create physical distancing, you know, all those necessary activities that uh, all workplaces are going through in order to keep the employees safe. Right. And all those have a price tag to it to keep everyone safe. Absolutely. So there's an ask on the table for twenty five billion in order to continue operating. And I think it's important to point out that's from your governing board that's asking for that amount. Right. Yes. That's uh, coming from the Board of Governors and the Postmaster General have asked for twenty five billion. And I I think the president's been suggesting uh, that he's not 
in favor of that and and suggesting that you know, it, it, he doesn't want to see the mail-in voting, right? He's, he's already talking about it could be fraud. I mean, it sounds like a cushion in case he doesn't win, you know, that he could point to that and say, well, see, they couldn't do it right. After months of railing against mail-in ballots that he claims without evidence will hurt Republicans. Mail-in voting is going to be the greatest fraud in the history of elections. President Trump now admitting this week that he wants to hold up funding for the U.S. Postal Service to gain a political advantage in November. They want $25 billion, billion, for the post office. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. In May, The reason I'm, I'm talking about this is, and I know you recently testified for, before the uh, legislature here in New York State about the um, primaries that we just went through. Like, How confident are you that the Postal Service can handle this with these upcoming elections? So uh, to be clear what's going on, it's a a typical President Trump uh, bait and switch operation going on. We still have operating funds. We'd like to be reimbursed for the money that we have uh, spent on providing a safe workplace. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean, you know, if we don't get that, we can't continue to operate. We are operating and we'll continue to operate. The Postal Service every day processes 1.3 billion pieces of mail letters, flats, parcels. If, uh, as we anticipate, there will be an increased interest in voting by mail for the November election, the the number that is being touted by others is 160 million pieces of mail. Mm -hmm. That's really a small fraction of of our work if we're doing 1.3 billion a day 1.160 million over the course of you know four to six weeks we can do it without any problem at all okay so you know that's that's where the president message gets clouded by his talk about not funding us with the 25 billion dollars that's not relevant to the discussion of us fulfilling our uh, obligations to America to uh, be uh, to, to take uh, secure custody and uh, tr- process and transport their ballots to their boards of election. That's not a, a, even a question. OK, so people should know that. So you've got this twenty five billion dollar ask out there if it doesn't come through for some reason, which everyone's we are pushing for it to happen, of course, it doesn't it doesn't prevent anything from going forward to be able to mail in your ballot and and get through these elections. That's right. What is impacting it is our ability to move mail as fast as America is used to having it move. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that has to do with the impact of the pandemic on our workforce. OK. And then so I think some of this, too, on the part of Trump is to just kind of create some doubt over whether America can pull this off on a, on a mail in election. If people start to get concerned, maybe they're less likely to mail, you know, to get that ballot in the mail and go ahead and do it that way. And then if they're concerned, if we have an uptick, maybe they don't want to go to the polls. And now you've got voter suppression, which is what we don't want to see. But um, the other thing that comes to mind, too, is that and I know you're not on the Board of Elections or with the Postal Service, but you might um, be able to shed some light on this. Everybody should not assume they're not going to everyone's not going to just get a ballot in the mail. There's some states, I guess, do that. But not everyone. Like if you are not comfortable going to a polling place, you want to plan ahead, particularly if mail services slowed down, to request that mail-in ballot, right? That's right. And, and, you know, as 
uh, New York State AFL-CIO, uh, our ballots in New York State are still absentee ballots by request by the voter mm-hmm. at, uh, for every election. So currently what is waiting the governor's signature is uh, legislation that will allow New York State registered voters to use the medical exception on the absentee ballot uh, application in New York State to apply for an absentee ballot in New York State, claiming that the the pandemic is the uh, medical excuse for the absentee ballot. Okay. So, yes, that we are still a, a very restricted state as opposed to um, others who have automatic uh, all vote by mail, which you know we we can talk about. But you know, for those who listen to this from New York State, wait for the governor's signature on the on the bill, mm-hmm. and then go apply for your absentee ballot, and you'll you will get it. The boards of election will, will be prepared. You can apply online, or you can uh, mail in a, an application. And then the other, the other thing is, and it depends on the states, I believe, that when you vote by mail, um, whether the postmark is on the day you mail it or when it's received, there's some variation there, too, as well, right? Yes, there, there is, as well as uh, when what ballots will be counted as received by the Boards of Election uh, based on the date established by state statute. So New York State, the postmark has to be no later than the day of election, mm-hmm. and they have to be received within seven days. So I would say to anybody who is thinking about applying, allow time for your ballot to be mailed to your house and then mail it back quickly. Mm-hmm. Some of the problems that we faced in New York City in the uh, primary election was a late request for absentee ballots and the board of elections uh, in combination with poll service could not get the uh, ballot out to the uh, registered voters and and have them turn around and return it to the board of election within two or three days that's not uh, possible people need to get give themselves much more time than that mm-hmm. the uh, state is considering moving the cutoff time to uh 15 days to request a, uh, an absentee ballot by mail. Mm-hmm. It's not that we can't do it, but don't expect a quick uh, turnaround in one day. Right. This is not time to wait till the last minute, for sure. Right. Um, is there anything else, um, Bill, that you think people should know about with everything that's going on with the Postal Service right now? Well, I think that the people uh, need to know that, you know, the Postal Service is still here for them. We're still delivering for America every day. Uh, You you can rest assured that if you choose to uh, mail in your ballot, the Postal Service takes great pride and care in in securing the sanctity of that ballot. You can trust us to get your ballot to the Board of Elections. Just give us the necessary time to do it. Okay, sounds fair enough. And so what can people do to support you and support the Postal Service with everything that's happening right now? Well, if you could, at this point, contact your uh, members of Congress mm-hmm. in New York State. That means the, the Republican delegation. Those of us in the AFL-CIO know that you know we've been in full support of the HEROES bill. Mm-hmm. The funding for the Postal Service is in that bill as well as other first responders and state and national agencies. And we also know that only Representative King from the Republican delegation voted for the HEROES bill. uh, Those who are in New York State who have live in districts with other Republican members of Congress, please give them a call right now. 
mm-hmm. and tell them to support the efforts of the in the Senate to uh, pass that HEROES bill. And in specific, there's standalone legislation now that's being created to support the Postal Service and its uh, uh, financial reimbursement requests. Okay, Bill. Well, this is uh, far from over all of this, and I'm I'm sure that you know we're going to learn more when these uh, when the hero when the postmaster goes before uh, the House uh, next week. So we're we'll watching that closely as well, and and definitely supporting you uh, and uh, all the letter carriers out there. So, Bill Cook, president of the Northeastern New York Branch 358 of the National Association of Letter Carriers. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Darcy. Now is our digital director and the editor of the Union Strong podcast, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. So I think um, one thing we can agree on, well, a couple things is, first of all, you usually hear about the Postal Service on the top story of the evening news, but it's certainly been that way recently. And then the other thing is, I don't think any of us are going to be waking up the day after the general election and know, um, know the results of the election, that's for sure. Right. I mean, people are going to be using the mail-in ballot. Um, it's, you know, in New York, they just uh, passed and we're waiting for the governor to sign it, as Bill talked about, that you can request an absentee ballot and, and use the pandemic uh, as the reason for a mail-in ballot. There's going to be lots of people um, that want to make sure they're voting in the safest way possible. Right. And the thing is, people, I think the message is you've got a plan and you've got to plan ahead. You know, we heard Bill talking about the mail delivery delay. And if there's really an attempt, you know, to sabotage the Postal Service and have there be these delays, then people have to plan for that. It's not that you can't rely on it or don't use it. Just know that you need to plan for more time, just like if you need to know where you're going to vote. You know, you've just got to have that planning ahead. You've already been out there on social media supporting the Postal Service. So just want to remind people that, um, you know, they can do that as well by uh, sharing what we're sharing and the messages that we have out there as well. Yep. And help us spread the word by uh, liking our podcast, sharing, giving us a rating and making sure we can get the message out. All right. Sounds good, Kevin. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State Union strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.